Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever part of the world you find yourself. We're back today. It's Friday. It's a fantastic weekend ahead. Once again, we have uh, 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 some some guests here, yeah, not just one, two. Fantastic guys. They're brothers, erudite scholars. You know, they are so good at what they do. I mean, I've always looked forward to bringing them here. We have Femi Ajiboye and Omari Wilfred. Welcome, guys, to Atlantic Discourse. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so today we are still talking about adjusting to the new world order, but you know, at Atlantic Discourse, we try and embrace all the facets of humanity to disseminate positive news in the world filled with a lot of bad news. We give a voice to the unheard always. We balance the information equation. We search and discuss the facts wherever it leads. We combine the best of the human race always to get the best out of mankind. We serve as a bridge between the developing and the developed world. We embrace business, art, sports, IT, health, history, and faith-based issues. We don't shy away from the fact. That's why we have these two erudite scholars here. Femi is a web developer, you know, cloud solution architect. He's also the co-host of our Inasian podcast. Same thing as uh, Obari Wilfred is an employment coach, co-host, and he's also the co-host of our Inasian podcast. They both love music and cooking because I was looking at the both love music and cooking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I want to assume that you put, it's not just kitchen cooking or is it just barbecuing and all that. So, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm personally excited to have you guys here and uh, we're Good talking about into the new world order. We're going to veer off, you know, so many instances because you guys are very savvy and extremely knowledgeable. But now I'm asking you straight. I mean, so let's go, guys. Mm-hmm. Is there a new world order? Let me start with uh, Omari Wilfred. Um, Alfred. <laughs> yeah, Alfred. <laughs> I'm sorry about yeah. that. That's all right. That's all right. Um, I will. I will definitely look at that question from a post-COVID perspective. Um. The world as we know it since COVID-19 isn't the way that it used to be. So, yes, there is some sort of a new world order. And it's um, very unlikely to return to the world that we know, that we, you know, that we know before, before COVID did, um, did hit us. Um, since the pandemic, you know, a lot of us, we know that um, there's been some sort of a global change in the economy. Mm-hmm especially in the digital economy. Um, there has been uh, a rise of digital behavior, such as uh, remote working uh, and learning, uh, telemedicine, delivery of services, and so on and so forth. And so many organizations probably, I know of a friend that worked in an organization, I'm not gonna mention the name, but it's a very big, a big company, you know, like one of the Fortune 500 companies in America, and where in the, in the state in America where where he is, he said where they have their office, they've decided to shut down that office because it's not a customer-facing office. So wow. that so that building mm-hmm. is going to be either sold or rented out for someone who, whoever needs it, but they've decided that they they were going to now channel the energy into coming to put a dedicated internet in his home just strictly for work um, his laptop desktop whatever he needs to make him comfortable to work from home 
and everything else is done virtually. Meetings are virtual. They make it easy. They feel it's easier now. All right. Mm -hmm. So um, this is just one aspect. There are so many other areas within um, that, that, that has changed since um, COVID did hit us. Yeah. So I don't know that Femi has something else to add to that. Oh, yeah. I mean, do you I mean, agree? I, yes, I do agree. Uh, I'll, to answer that question, is there a new order that I'll say... Uh, I'll say no and yes. No to the conspiracy theory part. You you know, that rabbit hole is so deep. And I feel like it's with, in another 3,000 years, maybe there can be that kind of new order. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but life as we know it has changed. Uh, global and local politics has changed. And mm. uh, global and local economy, uh, economies have changed because of the... Uh, pandemic like Marzi said so yeah. um, I, I agree 100 percent with him and life has changed there's a new world order there's a new order i mean no matter what we want to call it life has changed as we know it and it doesn't mm. look like it's ever going to go back to um what it used to be uh before yeah. 20 before 2020 yeah so and, I mean, yeah, yeah go ahead. Go on. Go ahead. no i was just going to add something very quickly you know um everybody knows even um normally i would say okay this podcast we're, we, we are doing this podcast on three different locations i know you and Femi are in america but two different states i'm in the uk here and we're doing this normally um there would have been a way that would have been done some face to face if you know what mm. i mean if you yeah. were in the same location Right, yeah. if you're in the same location, if you know, like Femi's in, in Maryland, so and if you were in Maryland, you know, you like just schedule a time, and whether you come to Femi's house or Femi will come to your house and you just meet sit up. down and meet up, yeah. and you know, we'll run the podcast and have a face to face. Um, as an employment coach, you know, myself, um, majority of my of my participant that comes to me, um, majority of the, the, the people participant that, I, that I deal with has been virtual. Um, the face-to-face has been very, very, very funny. Funny in the sense that, funny in the sense that normally when they come in and I say, hi, Mark, or hi, Mary, there's a handshake or sit down, you know, mm. there's a cup of tea or a glass of water or something. Now, when they come, they're three meters away from me. No contact. No contact. There's mm. a hand sanitizer door there's mask wearing in and out of the office you know you go into a taxi the same thing so we could see these changes you you go to a gathering and everybody's using their elbow it's not becoming a norm in the uk here they've seemed to have reduced the mask wearing and you know a little bit but the government has said that that um every organization also have the right to make their own choices when it comes to that so i could go market and not wear a mask because the government has decided that you can go in with with or without a mask and somebody could just stop me up and say hey dude where's your mask and yeah. if i go oh i don't need to wear one they say well our policy says that you have to so so many things have changed even with the way we shop people you won't believe it yeah people still panic by you go yeah, to the I shop, yeah. People still panic by it, even though they tell them well, everything is going okay now, things are dying down. The last time I went to the stores, I couldn't get bread, mm. I couldn't get the bread I was looking for. 
Because people are panic buying. Yeah, yes. people are still panic buying. Yeah, people are panic buying dry food, canned food. Let me, yeah. let me put it yeah. this way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let me let me put it to Femi first. Mm. So we adjust to this new world order. I mean, clearly from what you guys have said, at least this decade, between now and 2030, we are stuck with this. Because yes. it looked to me that uh, even the vaccine is not a cure you understand so we we don't know it does also look like we might just be getting a jab every year <laughs> till yeah. till we all go so let me put it to you this way how will this new world order reset our lives going forward i know you've talked about virtual life uh, panic buy and all that but how do how does it in all entirety top down kids and all that what's mm. the new reset what's it all about especially for those a lot of people are suffering mentally you know yes yes so yes it's it the reset is going to affect our lives in every aspect okay so uh i think manzi talked about like the corporate world is you know Mm. the job and everything like that definitely that is affected because um even with my own work i've i've not gone to the office in two years and I've been doing my job and even more effective than spending all that commute time on the road, you know. And so, saving but, money. And saving money too. And most and, and saving saving money and saving clean pants. You know, I don't have to wear five pants to work every week and <laughs> and, and waste laundry detergent, right? So so yes, everything is that that aspect is taken care of. Um religion, churches are now virtual. My church was, my church. You, my church. You have to, uh, uh, you have to register online if you want to come in person, because the space, you know, the space in the sanctuary is limited. So you, you choose to, you, is that you choose to kind of register online uh, and book a seat ahead, you know. You, you can't just come to church. If you come to church and the sanctuary is full and or you are not registered, they send you back. Go and join online. The service is online. You know, so that that aspect too in religion, you know, a lot of churches and even mosques, they are, they are doing their online service. Uh, they yeah. are doing like virtual uh, prayer, virtual prayers and all. Yeah. Um, for education, the children, children mostly are presently are in school, uh, in person, but they still get the option to. There's still the option to school from home. You know, so education and all those things and Mazi also also mentioned uh get going to the store to get groceries these yeah. days you go to the stores most of the stores are empty i mean the u.s another way that it has affected the u.s is i think in distribution it affects it has affected distribution in the sense that yeah. sometimes the stores are empty and it takes time for things to be replenished on the shelves and all that stuff you can't find tissue paper you can't find bread you can't find anything um i think last week i was just telling my wife like i think i just have to stick to uh shopping online because i go to the store and i can't even find anything that i like most of the most of the stores don't even have enough things you go to macy's or any of these stores marshall's and all those places most of the stores are virtually empty so this is you know it's definitely going to affect our life going forward i don't think anytime soon we are going to you know go back to you know the way we lived life in 2019 or 2018 okay but alfred yeah from you yeah 
I want you to address more of the mental area. We all agree there's mm-hmm. a lot because you are you are an employment coach, so this yeah. should be a good area for you. Now you're talking to people that want to get employment, motivating them and all that. I'm sure you also prepare them for the life they're going to face while on the job. You know, absolutely, so, absolutely. Yeah, working remotely is like living a sedentary lifestyle. It True. can be boring. It mm. can be mentally tasking. How do we attack this mental area of it? Okay, I will use, I will use my company where I work, for example, right? Um, when the pandemic started, it was work from home, like Femi said, you know. Then when the lockdown was eased up a bit, we were told to go to the office at least uh, once a week. Now, the once a week, you're not to see participants, right but the once a week is we you know after after some series of meetings and discussions within the team and within management we agreed that it will help us mentally to be able to oh go to the office and you meet your colleague mary or paul and you go ah oh, it's crazy wow it's so good to see you how are you you know how's everything going on at home and all that you know then you catch up face to face it's that's that's how it started then when things started is enough like now I go to the office twice a week. Now, the office is there. I have a colleague who's supposed to be doing the same thing twice a week, but we've been told the office is there. You have your keys. Whenever you feel like going, you just go. Some days I just decide, you know what, I'm going to go to the office because when I stay in my study here, in as much as I love my space. A long time. <laughs> a long time. <laughs> sometimes I feel like, dude, you're becoming a hermit. You need to go out. You know, you did ask about the mental side of things. I see participants every time I go to the office. I talk to them on the phone, you know, when I'm working from home. But I tend to find out that majority of them have developed anxiety and depression because of this whole reset, because of this whole thing, the way things are, right? They tend to, when you get a job for somebody, for example, say, oh, I found you a job. Um, I spoke to this guy, da 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 The job this, this suits you. It's not far from you. You can walk to, you know, to work and all that, giving all the positive information about that job. The next thing you will hear is, oh, that's good. Oh, that's 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 great. Um, but, but you know what, Chica? Um, I'm so scared of going. Then you go, oh, what's the problem? This whole COVID thing. I've taken my job and all, but I don't know. People still get it. You know, I, I, I'm finding it very difficult to want to, to to mingle with people, to be around people, because I'm scared of catching this whole COVID. You know, then you try as much as possible to see how you could make them understand that this is going to be the norm moving forward. Things are going to get better. You bring out all the positive and motivating words or quotes to use to tell them to go to work. And maybe that one person decides, you know, okay, I'll give it a shot and see. You know, Chica has spoken to me. Everything is all good and dandy. Let me go. They get in there. The next thing you hear is the employer is calling you to tell you, oh, Mary has fallen out of work. Then you find out, oh, why? They say they don't know. It's like, you know, she just couldn't stand it and she just, she ran off. Then you call Mary and you, you, you hear her talking on the phone and she goes, I couldn't do it, Chica. I couldn't do it. There were too many people there, too many people. I think I would need an outdoor job. Oh, outdoor job okay what sort of outdoor job are we looking at are you good at gardening no can you can you fix uh wooden fence no can you sweep have you done it before no so when you bring all the 
small outdoor, little outdoor jobs that you could find, you name them out for Mary, she doesn't the skill. You see where I'm coming from? So yeah. you, you, would, you would also want to now try and say, okay, do I find a place where she'll be able to go for some little training, such like a work experience so she'll be able to use to get a job? Then you find a place. Then you say, oh, Mary, I found a place where you could go for some gardening training to learn how to probably report a plant and things like that, to be a one-to-one -one with somebody. But there's a problem. You mean I'm going to meet somebody else? That is a problem. <laughs> Thank so you. She can't, awesome. she, can't, she can't, yeah, she can't do that job. You understand? So it goes on and on. And uh, many of many of my participants, let me quickly round up with this. Many of my participants have um have gone, would I say under the pill? I don't know if it's right to use that phrase. They, 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 the doctors, the GPs have put them under some sort of depression or anxiety medication because of this. Wow. Some of them, yeah, so many of them so many of them are on anxiety or uh, 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 or depression medication or any other form of mental health that they have because of this whole situation it has changed everything and i wow. and i think uh, i think the sad part of it is that um the the mental part is not going to get better any soon and the reason i'm saying that is because um life is going virtual life has gone virtual right now and it's even going deeper deeper virtually with the creation of like the new metaverse and you know this plan that facebook has now you will see that people will live their entire life in one space you know and apart from living their entire life in one space they spend so much time young people nowadays spend so much time on uh social media and uh, doing everything virtual you know staying at home all the time and not really having that kind of uh, social association outside of their home you will see that the depression the rate of uh, depression and mental issues among young people right now anxiety and all that is very very high because basically most of the things they sit on uh on social media is fake and they want to live up to that and when they are not able to live up to that you see then comes that mental issue so this new world that we have that has become so virtual and has reduced people to staying uh, isolated and living by themselves uh it's it's as really taking a toll on the you know collective mental state of most especially young people right now yeah. and i don't think it's going to get any better because it looks like we're going to be spending more time by ourselves True. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you've said. At least for this decade, we are stuck to this. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. the, key word, the key word for me there is adaptation. It makes, mm. yeah, I, I think the key word there. But how do people adapt to it is where the problem will be. But that's why we have talks on this in our podcast from people that know like you guys. Because adaptation is so important. I mean, for me, it's not a problem. I I, I like my space. I, 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 I love it. I mean... I got everything, but I'll rather I'll rather be that sedentary kind of person because there's a lot to read and catch up with. But I mean, to those listening to us, we are still talking to Femi Ajiboye and Omari Wilfred. Both of them are co-hosts of our Unasian podcast, aka Sabi Nation. Awesome guys, you need yes, yes. to never listen to it. Go now. We're going to put all their handles from TikTok to Instagram. To this, uh, to this episode, you have to check it out. If you've never listened to our Nasia podcast or Sabination, you 
not if not listen to any podcast at all i can tell you that for your time i'm a big fan you know i'm a every time i listen to their voices you know fabination and i say because it's a pidgin english like creole kind of english so but i'm not like them say that here because you know that's not the way we are structured but i'm telling you listening to this go and check it out If you need more details we'll do that at the end and we'll, you know so guys you know let's do a little politics you guys are too knowledgeable for me to have here and not you know talk some politics okay <laughs> china russia china is doing a lot with taiwan now flying planes threatening them yes. russia yes. is on the border with ukraine you yes. know i mean let me just put it like this is the game plan to weaken the united states let me start with femi on this Yeah, uh, to weaken the United States. Uh, United States is already weak. Let me not let me not put it like that. Okay, let me just say, um, let me put it mildly. You know, the the dominance that the United States has on you know on the in, in the world stage, like on world politics, has has been fading seriously right from time. And then I think that's shot up seriously with. The last administration, uh, with all the impulsive actions of Donald Trump, like uh, you know pulling out of treaties and you know weakening uh, uh, the relationship with allies, uh, uh, trade wars, and all those kind of things, you know. So I think what I think is that um, Russia and China they already know that America is you know is already weakened, and they are capitalizing on that weakness. You know they are capitalizing on that weakness to show their own superpower. China has been working on the ground, you know, trying to gain power. Let me, I, I'll, I'll put it like this: China has used this uh, loan scheme to buy allies over the years. So, in what uh, economics and on the world stage, China is actually very, very big and powerful, and they are working with other countries that are trying to show that they are also big boys like uh, pakistan and others so russia of course uh is uh russia is this this uh especially with this ukraine issue they're trying to give a i feel like they're trying to give a second test you know to that america's strength the first test being that's americans america's uh, pull out of uh, uh of afghanistan right i know we talked about it when you came on our podcast you know and we had you had an episode here where you talked about all the history of afghanistan and all those things so that I, for me that was the first test you know f- to test america's superpower and this ukraine one is the second test mind you uh in the, on the world political stage America is not really showing a, a lot of strength. Like if you look at in the Middle East, America has not been able to weaken Iran. Iran is still very strong. Uh, there is Syria there with Russia's support. Syria is still very strong. And then you have Turkey somewhere there trying to play their own independence and show their strength. So there are countries around the world that are really, really showing strength, which was not so uh, post uh, uh, post the Cold War. So um, to answer your question, China and Russia. I think that uh, Putin is trying to replay that, you know, the end of that Cold War and maybe get a better deal out of it. So they are just testing America's power. And so far, America has not really showed the superpower that we know them to be. 
Okay, mm. fine. I, I like what you said. I like it. I have an opinion too, but I'll let you Yeah. Yeah, I would yeah, say like I, can't, I can't be with yeah, you guys on 30 minutes, okay? So gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I will, we can't I can't have two of you and do 30 minutes, not possible. <laughs> so let me I'm gonna I'm not gonna ask you the way I asked Femi. I'm gonna put it yeah. to you. Yeah. I'm gonna ask you, will Russia attack Ukraine? Do you think they will invade Ukraine? Um let me let me start this way, if, if that's okay. allowed. I will say, I'll, 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 yeah, very quickly. I will say, I will say, China itself. Let me start with that. China may find it kind of difficult to avoid any involvement eh, in an escalating crisis, right? Because the leaders, the Chinese leaders, and other leaders around the world, they would want to see the U.S. response to any military escalation against Ukraine are sending signals about whether uh, uh, the U.S. could effectively respond to future crises, you know, like in the Taiwan Strait or East or South of China Seas. Do you understand? Russia might, there's a might there possibly uh, 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 attack or invade Ukraine. But, but they will certainly get a, a response from the United States. A bloody no. They will definitely get a very good one. From I, I don't think. I don't think Putin will want to risk it. He would. That's think, why I said. That's yeah. why I said. He, that's why I said. If he tries it, mm. he would be surprised. The thing about <laughs> the United States is, like Femi is saying, the United States is weak and all that. I don't. I don't agree. Not weak. I don't not, agree. Not, not not weak in they, they still have the military power i'm just t- saying that in the worst state that's okay. that's you know that dominance not not weakness in terms of strength in terms of okay. dominance let in me terms let of me the way they dominated yeah let, let, let I, me, I think i think i think that i think what um um you know that phrase now you see now you don't or the, the more you look this you look the less you see something like that mm. i believe that is what the united states is doing if Putin should okay. try anything. Yeah. He's going to get it. Let, let me tell you what I feel, guys. Today, this okay. morning, I saw mm-hmm. in the news that uh, the government of America killed uh, the leader of ISIS in the world. Okay? Now, I'll, I'll answer... My viewpoint in all this is, is, number one, I think the best thing that has happened to America in a long time is electing Joe Biden. They might not know. Yes, yes People I might not know, but I think... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, number two... Dubai didn't started as a diplomat, a father, he wanted to do things across the aisle and all that. But the polling number has proven to him that this day, these people don't, it's not going to work like that. Not, I yes. have to exert yeah. my authority. Yes. yes. I listen to him a lot. And he has said that he's going to go out more. Today is in New York already. Between the time he made that speech and now he's visited almost eight states already. It's in New York. Yeah. Too. And they just bombed a location in Syria. They just killed the leader of ISIS. You know what? I think, I think that Russia just woke up. It's a, 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 a tiger that was having siesta. I won't say it's a tiger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and I tell you, for America to send three thousand troops and there is no in trade alone in trade, mm. Russia is number thirty three or thirty in yeah. trade relations with America. They're not even relevant. Number yeah. two, China is the largest exporter in the world. America is the biggest importer in the world. Yes. yes. 
most important ally to America is China. The most important ally to China is America. America. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Not that is not in the permutation at all. Short of nuclear weapon. Now, a lot the three of us know that the attention on Ukraine is because even in the old Soviet Union, Ukraine was where all the war ends were and all that. Yes, 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 yes. It's a make or mark for Putin too. You know, yeah. we, we know his, his real gambit, his real game plan is the gas he's selling to, to, to Europe. Europe. Yes. yes. And I yes. think he's going to burn his fingers because the Qatari uh, Emir was in White House during the week. I'm telling you, the largest LNG deposit anywhere in the world is Qatar. When I That's saw right. Biden down with that guy, I know they are finished Putin. I'm telling you, for people yeah. that, if you follow. So, I mean, clearly, America has changed tactics. They are doing a lot on the ground, trust me. And uh, let's just put it this way. You guys are extremely knowledgeable people, but we just want people out there because people keep asking me. I've received a lot of email. Will mm-hmm. America, I don't think America or uh, Russia will attack Ukraine. I think if I they would have done that by now, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they will. I don't I don't think uh, Putin will risk it. The case is at the UN already. Russia does not even have the economic leverage right now. Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. is worried too. Because America is dancing more to 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 the other Arab nation like they did with Qatar. So yeah, Qatar, yeah. yes. Yeah. Now Saudi every, every, I think I, I think everybody's looking at, you know, like the Saudi and the Qatar and the other nations that you're talking about. I think everybody's looking at, dude, where do we stand to gain if this thing decides to just blow up? And they are looking at what do we stand to gain from Russia? And they are saying that look. I don't think there's anything here for us to gain. We're going That's to be in it. trouble. America is. Yeah. America has the strongest, one of the strongest economy. Like America is, in as much as they have the up and down and everything, they they see what they stand to gain. As, not as just a matter the United of fact, States. yeah. As mm. a matter of fact, the Uti Yemeni war going on with the Saudis. You know those yeah. rebels. They are firing yeah. into United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia right now. Yeah. So mm. to help those missiles coming in, you need the the Patriot missile. Now, America has given the UAE enough missile, but they are not replenishing the Saudi stock. The Saudi yeah. stock is getting depleted now. That shows how powerful, you, you understand? And you can't run to yeah. China and get If Saudi ever runs to China, that means they've drawn the line in the desert. And you know, and you know what America did for them? Go for one, go for two. So, yeah. okay, let's, let's just leave that. I mean, there's still a lot to talk about. <laughs> yes. Awesome, man. You guys are. I'm talking to Femi Ajiboy and Omari Alfred, the, the the owners, the anchors, the producers, the co-host of our Nasian podcast, aka Sabine Nation. If you have never listened to it, go and check it out. It's on Apple, it's on Spotify, it's everywhere. These guys are erudite scholars. You can see that we're talking about adjusting to the new world order now. We're talking politics, China, and they're everywhere. They're knowledgeable people. You guys should go patronize them. Look at look at what the content they have. Whatever language you speak, even though it's in Pidgin or Creole, if you put your hands there, you pick it up. Trust me. So Femi, I'm putting this to you again. Okay. The change in demography, the reason why Republicans are changing electoral laws, especially in the southern states all over America. Because I put it this way, most mm. of the situation right now, you see people, supposedly respectable people in the society, they're like, okay, they don't care, they speak between their mouth. When yeah. they tell you good money, you're so scared to look outside. Now, most of them, they're of white they are white people. So is it because of the going demography? Because we do know that in the not-too-distant future, 
the white people in America will not be majority again. Do you think that is responsible, that change in demography? Do you think that is why, you know, the white politicians, the supposedly very respectable ones among them, are not able to... Because Trump or no Trump, Trump mm-hmm. or no Trump, even that base, that base is also threatened by the demographic change. And yes. Trump was just the man that gave them, you know, he had the whistle call that talked yes. about all those things they are sensitive about. So yes. what's your think on that? Yes, I think I think you are absolutely correct. I think the answer is, in, is already in the question, you know, <laughs> <laughs> because, <laughs> because you mentioned, like you, you mentioned Southern states, you know, so the, because Republicans have always relied on the Southern states, especially the rural areas and their older voters like this uh what, what these 65 years and above right so but now uh everything is changing everything is changing the the urban areas are kind of doing better than they used to do especially in the south uh the age gap especially now people have people, there are more people voting now you know there are more people voting now than before and you know this last uh the last election even though they did a little bit okay but looking at the census from last year and looking at the census from last year and most of the things like you said that trump has talked about and most of the you know uh, uh polls and all that stuff they see that the demograph as it's the changing is not going to favor them and the only way they know how to win elections is always by let me say uh uh uh, uh, uh bullying bullying in the sense that you know with this kind of laws and you know with uh, gerrymandering and all those kind of things so this is what they do best and i feel like changing those electoral laws to make it more difficult and if you look at the target of those laws the urban areas where they they don't have the the kind of people they know and trust that we vote for them which is the older uh 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 um the older white males or white females uh, in, in, in within their demography so i think yes the answer the answer is yes i believe so that this is one of the reasons why they are uh are changing those law coupled with other reasons you know like education you know because it's 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 clear in america that the more people get educated the more they tend to vote uh liberal uh, democrat and you know that is also that is also changing, you know, and seeing all these things, they have to change the laws to favor them. Well, I can add to that because mm-hmm. uh, in Georgia today, as we speak mm-hmm. today, Georgia is the only state, I don't know in the north, but in the south, that has 95% of its eligible voters registered to vote. You understand? That, yeah. means, that, that means that if all those people turn out, which is what uh, Stacey Brown and Co are banking of, if all those people turn out then, they, they will probably have what they want. So, mm. Umari, yeah, in the UK, you know, you said earlier, yeah. Femi is in Maryland, I'm in Atlanta, you're in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Birmingham, Muslim. East Ham, Muslim. Mayor, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Muslim. I mean, I was Bradford, Muslim. I, I just yeah. have to say yeah. that I don't have anything against Muslim. I'm just, now, my yeah. thought, like, because the topic is adjusting to the new world order, you know, so yes. all these political discussions are relevant also. So there's an ever-increasing Muslim population in Britain, especially yeah. in political office. Now, yeah. 
is it a threat to the status quo? Because, like I said, the mayor of London is Muslim. Average yeah. white man, persons like you, educated people, yeah. top, you have two kids or three. Like yeah. Femi and myself, a lock shop. When the average Muslim we have, <laughs> like that. so there's there's a lot of growth. Is it a threat to the status quo? Because you are there, and I know yeah. you observe this thing. So let's hear from you. Um. Let me start by saying very quickly that um, there are about 4.13 million Muslims currently living in the UK, right? And 90% of which are from ethnic minority backgrounds. And, you know, statistics forecasts have shown that by 2050, there's possibly, you know, going to be another great increase of Muslims within the United Kingdom. Now, the question is, does that affect uh, the status quo, especially within the political office, uh, if it's a threat, you know, to the status quo? I I think that, um, I don't think it's threatening the status quo of the political scene. I think the political scene is becoming more liberal and making a way for people of other religions, especially Muslim, to participate in British politics. Now, the UK, as we all know it, tend to be one of, if not in Europe, but at least one of the most, um, is the word I'm looking for when it comes to when you have more people from different ethnic, ethnic background, uh, diverse, that's the word. They become very, yeah, yeah, they have, they be very, very diverse, you know, over the years, the growth, there's been a growth in diversity um, within the UK. In politics, I would say that, like I said, they've been liberal and that has been able to help bring people like Khan and um, Sajid Javid and every other names that we know within the, 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 the UK um, politics. Now, 16 MPs, I'll give you this figure, 16 MPs of Muslim faith were elected right eight of those are women mm. as at wow. now <laughs> as at now this is this figure i just gave you now was a previous figure but as at now we have 21 muslims elected 11 are women before mm. you don't have you don't before you don't have any of you can't have one yeah but now they are open all right, out of the 220 women elected to parliament, 11 of them are Muslims. Of wow. those elected, 15 are members of the Labour Party, and the other four, uh, the other uh, 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 four are conservatives. Do you understand? So, I, I don't think it's a threat, I think it's being is making it more open. People are, I mean, becoming more aware, even though there's still a bit of that Islamophobia um, thing going on, because some people in the UK still think, oh, these people are coming to take our this, take our that, take our culture, you know, change things around. We know, you and I know that that will not happen in countries like Saudi Arabia or Qatar, or one of those other, you know, strong Muslim countries. UK is a Christian country, but at that same at the same time. They are quite open to diversity now than before. I don't think it's I don't think it's a threat. I think it's a welcome um, it's a welcome behavior. I think it's to show to 
to the other uh, uh, parts of the world, the other countries, how mm. we could live, how to promote diversity and make things work together and not hate ourselves in as much as, you know, they've planted that whole thing of Islam, Islam being a, a religion of violence, which is not, you know, for those of us that understand, you, you, um, uh, you, you were a Muslim before, you don't have anything against them, so you understand you know uh, 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 what the, what the religion is about. So I think I think I, I think it's a welcome behavior, and I don't think it's a threat to to the status yeah. quo. As, as, a, as a matter of fact, I did a podcast last year, part one yes. and two. Yes, yes. It's Islam. Uh, yeah, I remember. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and one of the things I tell my Christian brothers right now also is that they, they, a lot of people don't read Islamic literature. People just talk. Yeah. yeah. I think it's uh, it's something. It's a topic. I'll think I'll invite you guys to talk about in the future. You know, yeah, that that would be great. That would be great. You know, we always honor your invitation. Yeah, because <laughs> one of the things I discovered while I did that podcast of is Islam a religion of violence was I discovered that there are a lot of cherry picking. You yes, absolutely. So much cherry picking. Then absolutely. I also realized that you know that Christians they just they just give a blanket uh, view of Islam without research. There's a lot of similarity. You understand? I think, I think so, much. so much. There, there are more similarities than differences, but you differences. Know, most most Christians capitalize on those differences, and then okay. they amplify it beyond measure. Let me just yeah. put it that way. Yeah. yeah. They, they, where where I annoy my Christian brothers is that where I even get on their nerves is when I say things like, "Show me one Christian oil-producing countries." That is taking care of its people. <laughs> None. Zero. They now say Nigeria is a Muslim. No, Nigeria is secular. I said, look at the governor of the six south south states in Nigeria. Are yeah. they are they spending the money judiciously? No. Yeah, so it's a big no. Congo is all producing. That's Congo Brazzaville, mm. Guinea, Equatorial Guinea, South Sudan is Christian. They have oil now, so. We can go on and on. I'm not going to release you guys until I ask this question. You know, <laughs> there's the resurgence of poo in West Africa. You know, the three of Ooh. us Nigerian origin. So I'm compelled. I've read stuff this morning that that there's even some restiveness in the military. There's been Queen Guinea, Mali, recently mm. Faso. The election is around the corner in Nigeria. The ruling party, they are waiting for the president to say we or who going to nominate because whoever Bwari says that everybody has to toe the line yeah. you know yeah should we be worried about the military resurgence let me start with uh, Omari um oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um you see I, I always tell families I'm sure you remember I see that I see that dear country of ours as a country where there is there are landmines and bullets flying invisible ones flying around waiting for somebody to just ignite them right mm. so i will say i will say i will say this yes we should be afraid for that to happen hmm. tell me one thing that has not happened in that country apart from civil war another civil war that was mm. almost close to happening. 
So if you think that there will be, if you're if you're asking, do I think that there will be another military uh, uh, coup or something to take over to topple the government and bring back the military? It's highly possible. This is Nigeria we're talking about. This is Africa. It has happened in so many other places. So Nigeria will not be an exception. Like we always say, it only takes the grace of God for that not to happen. But Nigeria is always Nigeria is always putting bringing God into the equation when it comes to mm. serious serious mm. matters mm. and yeah. logical that, matters that, like that this. Breaks, that breaks my heart. Sorry to interject yeah. the family, mm. but yesterday we were, there's a program we're doing in our church. Idea rule the world. So yesterday we we're talking about mindship. So yeah. I take a class. One of the things I told people in that class is that prayers don't solve problems. No. Prayers you have to add action because the way Africa, True. the way especially in Nigeria, is that they think you sit down somewhere without making any effort and you pray, things will get done, you know. So I'm mm. happy, I'm happy you mentioned that. So Femi, you have the floor on this uh, resurgence. I, I I fear for it in Nigeria too, and the reason why I fear for it is the fact that um, an election is coming and a lot of people are expecting the the uh, presidency to go to maybe the south or the west or whatever mm. I think that the northerners will be getting ready for a kind of unrest and that will trigger a kind of military response you know I just fear that um, Nigeria right now is sitting on a serious hot keg of gunpowder I I mean it's just something that I based apart from the trend of these military coups in you know going on around africa now which is like history repeating itself but looking at the situation of nigeria the political situation and the fact that um you know security in the country is a huge mess at the moment i just fear that something like that could could erupt in nigeria you guys you guys want my opinion okay you guys I I i was gonna say i was gonna say you know this year you know there have been two like you said, Burkina Faso and the one that failed in four. Uh, four. Oh, is it four? four. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay, four. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Twenty twenty one witnessed a higher number. You know, if you if we if we go back, twenty twenty one we witnessed a higher number. So I don't I, I I seriously think that if it is going to happen, it will happen. It will definitely happen. And but then again, our politicians have they are so they have mm. eaten so much that they they might I don't know. Nigeria matter is just very dicey. Bros, you uh, said you have an opinion, so go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can be here till tomorrow with you guys. I, love <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Let me tell you what I think. Yeah, mm. I think just battered beyond repairs. You know, mm. I think mm. the are better politicians. They are more sophisticated, even though those of us from the south underrate them. Mm. I yeah. think M is not APC or PDP. They just want a Northerner in power. That's yeah. why. I brought the idea of giving power to Jonathan Abinishio. Do you understand to succeed Buari? But right, yeah. Jonathan is receptive to that idea. So I think that, like they did under Shagari, with the men they know that Shagari's second coming was mad with a lot of nonsense. They brought in the military, and the military was there for a very long time. I think yeah. it's again. I think there's no election, there's no presidential election that will hold in 2023 that will be free and fair. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. It's impossible. True. This is extremely unpopular. The PDP, even though might be the only option we have, technically speaking, is mm. not going to offer anything better. It's better. still at and all these mm. other people. 
So yeah. I do think, and I know that they are not going to give the ticket of APC to Tinubu. It's a no-brainer. You understand? It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. They didn't give Awolo. They didn't give Abiola. Tinubu is Awo and uh, Abiola combined. Combined, yeah. Yeah, he knows what to do with power, so they never give him. So I think he's going to cause some trouble too if they don't destroy him on time. So I do think the best option for the North is a military. Some guy will come, another North yeah. will be there for two to three years. Yeah, so yeah. promise another election. Because the idea of Jonathan was that Jonathan had done four years before, so you understand. So yeah. we now come and do only four years. Four years and then yeah. give it back to the north. Power will go back to the north, yeah. <laughs> not as long They're not going to give a Yoruba man. What they not do is that of the three sub regions in the south, they use one at every point in time. So mm-hmm. they have used the Yorubas. In the past, they've used the Igbos, they've used the South yeah. South. Now they've yeah. used the Yorubas. Our time, the Yoruba time is up. So now they're just going to look for another. The sub region, maybe, maybe from Edo, maybe from Edo, Edo, you know, no, mm-hmm. not so unfortunately, we just don't see. So, I think Nigeria is better beyond repairs. China has said they are not borrowing us money again. I've listened yep. to people like Pat Thomas that I respect so much. I know him personally, and he has said that there's some economic parameters that some actions that we should take this year. That if Nigeria doesn't take it, Nigeria is done. There'll be, there'll be no Nigeria anymore. Mm-hmm. Finished. Nigeria is going to my prediction. There's going to be a coup, and it's yeah. going to be planned by the owners of Nigeria, the IBBs, the ambassadors of this world. They just yeah. better to soldier because all the people they want to put in power will probably not get it. So it's a way for them to do their own reset. You understand? Yeah. 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 And, and Nigeria is, so is going to end up like maybe Eritrea. It might not be a Somalia, but Eritrea, some some banana. You know. And, I, I I I believe so too. Even though it's painful to um, painful and sad to admit, yeah. that's that's what I think. That's that's yeah. exactly what I think. Too. Nothing, and nothing scary. works. Nothing works. Yeah. So, so guys, we're going to call it uh, a day. You guys are awesome. We've been talking to Femi Ajiboye and Omari Alfred. They are both co-hosts of Our Nasian Podcast. You know. So guys, let me let me any of you tell us how we can. Our Nasian podcast, Abinisha, tell us all your handles. People are listening. I'm still going to put it when when we on the on the program for people to see. But I just want to hear from you guys. TikTok mm-hmm. to Instagram. Tell us everything about your podcast. How we can get it done. So, How Nasian podcast. Uh, we have our website. You can get us on our website uh, www.husapodcast.com. That's H U S A How Nasian. The first words H U S A podcast at um and on all platforms you can catch us at husa podcast facebook at husa podcast uh yeah. instagram at husa podcast um um TikTok. T- twitter and tiktok and tiktok all at husa podcast yeah hmm. now i can tell you i'm following them on all of them so all <laughs> yeah all of them. thank you so much thank so, you so much so, dear listener, my name is still Ade Balogun. I'm still your host, your anchor. Call me whatever you want to do. I'm still your boy, ever loyal. Atlantic Discourse, we embrace the facts. That's all we do. These guys, you see, they add a lot of values. They're extremely knowledgeable people. And I just occurred to me that I, I might have to bring them back in two or three weeks' time. We need to talk about Africa. You know, we'll be we, here. I think we'll yeah, be here. Just, we'll be here. That's what we're <laughs> talking. We need to have like a part one, part two, you know, some. Mm-hmm. some 
deep talk about that continent what's happening you know if yeah. the indians are doing great things in canada all over the world and you know africa is just like a moribund continent you understand so yeah. thank you guys thanks for coming thank you thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you so much for having us thank you so much oh, i don't have a choice it's long overdue man <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit for today thank you for listening and uh, we love you so much we love you so much take care god bless you bye guys thank yeah, you bye bye